0: Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Construction Corner podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host, joined by my blue collar badass, and uh, that's right, guys. It is just us this week. So, Matt, how's it going in uh, lovely old Michigan, man?
1: Things are good, Dylan. It's uh, it is busy season in its in its finest, right? With personally, we've got you know we've got sports every day, once a day, twice a day. It, it's nuts. Keeping up with my kids. Business is booming. Um, you know the weather's starting to break, so construction is just—it's flying at, at gangbusters right now. How about yourself, man?
0: Uh, same here. Like I, you know, being in, in the software and consulting world more than on the actual in the field stuff. I, but I notice it, right? Like I notice buildings going up. I notice uh, new developments going in, and even up in my community. I mean, there's tons of stuff being built, and when I drive down into the Bay or over to Sacramento, man, the amount of building that's been going on has just been gangbusters. I mean, from uh, residential developments to office parks, which I don't know what they're gonna do now, but <laughs> on some of those projects that were greenlit, you know, years ago, but it's uh, it's still cool to see that, you know, even out here in California where prices are. Uh, extremely absurd that things are still building and moving and shaking which is again it's just good signs for for the economy and you know for at least the next
1: year or two in the construction world oh yeah for sure man i had the uh the opportunity yesterday to take my middle son downtown to uh to a tigers game at comerica for, for a field trip right they called it um outdoor classroom steam day or some shit and it was a it, the the learning part of it was was pretty hokey, you know. It was obviously a a good play by the teachers to get day down to ballpark, which it was cool. Weather turned out to be great, but if you if you've never been to Comerica, it's a really cool stadium, right? Because you're right down in the middle of Detroit, and I've spoken vocally about Detroit and my thoughts of everything going on down there. But you know, if you're in that two block radius around Comerica, around the other stadiums, like it's pretty cool what they're doing. And you can sit in the in the ballpark right now and, you know, you see the city from inside and there's construction all over the damn place. There's tower cranes up swinging around. And it was kind of cool. I was sitting next to uh, a, a dad of one of Lucas's buddies and he was asking, he's like, what is that thing sticking up over the building over there? And, you know, just to be able to kind of describe, you know, what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, you see that little box on the crane? Like there's a dude in there and he has to climb that thing every morning. And I don't know, it was just, it was fun to see, you know, building going on again. And it's just a, it was a cool day nonetheless.
0: Well, that's just it, right? Those little education pieces, those little opportunities that you get to, you know, uh, teach somebody to help them learn, to show them what's going on. Right. And no judgment. Like it's amazing to me. I'm seeing people that, um, you know, lived in some really nice places and all this stuff. Uh, so now they're going in like homesteading, right? And the amount of skills that they've got to learn or like just didn't know. Like uh one woman that I follow was living on the beach in um San Diego and now or in La Jolla and uh now is or La Jolla and now is like in Idaho and like got cows and all this stuff and on a well, and it's like, well, you need like water softening pellets and and filters and all this stuff that I think a lot of us, you know, end up taking it for granted, especially in construction, all the things that we we know in like how something goes together or, you know, the little parts and pieces that bring a building uh, into fruition is, you know, we kind of underestimate those, you know, skills that we've gained over years and really a lifetime.
1: Yeah, the skills and the knowledge. And I mean, that actually brings up Something I forgot that we we were, I wasn't going to bring it up today, but last Friday we hosted our first um, FOF. And if you know what it stands for, you know it. If not, then you're you're missing out. But it was our our first official blue collar badass event. Uh, we hosted it here in in my neck of the woods, and we ended up with like I think about 50 people came out, and, and the the goal was to to celebrate just that right celebrate the knowledge and the skills that, that we've all built as a, as a construction community um, as the the blue collar world. And it was a cool event. Nonetheless, I mean, it was, it was awesome, right? We all kind of blew off a Friday afternoon, had some beers, we went bowling, had some great food, but it's, it's neat to to recognize that, right. That, that not everyone knows how to do what we do and it's easy to take it for granted. It's easy to take for granted, that, you know, we know what you and I know what a tower crane is without even having to think about it. We know how foundations are put in, we know how, you know, dirt's moved, but the average person really doesn't. And and it goes both ways. I mean, this guy, I was telling you about yesterday, he um, he's in robotics and they, they basically uh, it's pretty neat. He's building these robots now for the Ford uh, lightning, the, the electric truck they're building. So few of them, that they're not putting them on assembly lines. They're actually putting them on these autonomous robots that can carry the whole damn vehicle and zip it around. So instead of, instead of the linear fashion of like Henry Ford, these things can go in circles. They don't need these giant impossibly long buildings, but point being like, it's, it's just cool to talk with people and to, to gather with people from different backgrounds. I don't know shit about robots. Um, And I still don't, but it was cool talking with him, you know, and, and, and likewise kind of filling him in on, you know, here's what you're looking at. Here's how these buildings are built. Here's, you know, why does it take so long to build these buildings? Well, let me tell you, buddy. (laughs) So just good stuff out there all in general.
0: Right. Well, and it's the same way. Like, how did, why did it take you so long to build this robot? (laughs) Well. The rebuilding of the robot wasn't that hard. So software to run the robot that took five years, you know, like those types of things, which is just like, you know, it takes six months to get a shell up and then two years to finish it out. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like that stuff for especially the bigger buildings, right? Like, are they not done yet? This thing's been up for two years. (laughs) Well, turns out there's more than steel and glass that goes on inside of these things.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, those are buildings outside of my scope, right? The large ones, the big skyscrapers or whatever you want to call them downtown. Uh, They're just, they're cool to see. My, one of my, uh, my lead superintendents currently um, in a previous position, he put the penthouse addition on top of the Detroit Athletic Club, which again, if I'm still, I'm still on this buzz from being in Detroit, but if you're at the DAC from this new penthouse, you look down directly into Comerica Park. And he was the superintendent on that job. And he's told me stories like, you know, it's downtown Detroit, man. There's no room anywhere. And so they had a crane mounted on whatever street it is. I don't even know the name. But the crane operator is down, you know, 15 stories below and he can't see anything. So superintendent and the crane operator are literally communicating via, you know, walkie talkies via radios. And it's like, okay, you know, keep lifting up now, move left. blah blah. I don't know their coordinates or how they actually do it but but the dude in the crane is blind and he's swinging in you know heavy heavy steel and it's just it's just cool to even think about let alone to see
0: yeah which I mean so the the transition here is into building skills right and to knowing what you have and to like look back on it like these some of these foundational things right like how to swing a hammer, how to put some boards together, <laughs> how to pull a nail, like, you wouldn't think that that's a skill in our world. But I mean, it's, it's very, very basic. But there's a lot of people that, <clears throat> frankly, don't know how to put anything together. Um, you know, from simple wood framing to putting tie and rebar, right, or bending conduit or putting in, you know, plumbing couplings or whatever it might be, right. There's a lot of things that people just don't know how to do, which is again why <laughs> they they hire us, um, and pay for our services, you know. And then again, it goes into some of what we talked about last week in relationships. Is man, you get a charge accordingly for those services, and understanding that you have a skill set that other people don't have, and that's why they're calling you, right? Whether you're a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter, you know, like. Some people might be able to hack something together, but you're a pro and, you know, charge accordingly is the other side of this. But at the end of the day, it's building skills. um, And we need to realize that we have a lot more skills behind us than you
1: might think. Yeah. And, you know, you you started with kind of building foundations and that, you know, it's an analogy that holds true with with. Building buildings, obviously, but as much as it does with building businesses, building teams, you have to start at the bottom floor. You have to start with with solid foundational work and, and education and knowledge and, and grit. Because if you don't, you know, you're you're building upon upon junk. And when you start getting, you know, whether your building starts getting taller or your business starts getting bigger, if you don't have those foundations in place to to support and and protect everything else. It's all going to crumble down. And it kind of goes into, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on today was was scaling and and hiring in business. And it it ties a lot into that, I think. um, You know, setting up systems and and processes for for your business at a foundational level. I've never really done it, right? I've, I've talked about it with people. I've heard tons of mentors and experts tell me how important it is and i've never really done it because we've always been so small that you know most of the shit's in my head and and we've gotten by just fine for the last few years doing it that way well i'm starting to see things now that you know the holes in the boat are stretching in my own company we're we're growing at pretty good pace a great example is last week early last week i was down in raleigh with with you and and chris doing the our your yonder digital thing, getting some content. Well, I was gone for basically two days, two full weekdays by the time I kind of reconnected. And man, all hell broke loose at shit, at the construction company. I don't really, I know why now we figured it out. We, you know, we patched those holes that came out, but really what it boils down to is at a foundational level, I haven't set those systems in place, set them in stone. So that if I disappear for a couple of days or a week or whatever it is, that, you know, my people can still keep the ship moving in the right direction. And we had some, nothing catastrophic, but we had some pretty significant things that came up that had the propensity to be really, really bad situations. And and we got lucky that nothing really bad happened, but, um, I kind of wanted to focus on that level today a little bit. I know you're, you're way better at that sort of stuff than I am as far as breaking it down and, and, you know, following the process. So I guess I'm just curious what your thoughts are on, you know, not necessarily systems on a, on a specific level, but the generality of, you know, why they're so important and how the hell we're supposed to actually do it, put them in place, put them out to our people and and use them. So
0: one this is a big topic, like to not not take this lightly at all for everybody out there in um, building these systems, these foundational pieces. And I've seen it through every firm type I've worked for is the old guys that have been around for a while have it all in their head. And how you learned was you got sat next to the nicest old guy let me put it that way and who had some propensity to teaching or some senior guy that had been around for you know seven eight years which is like a senior in our business uh, some guy that's seen it you know all gone through enough life cycles to be able to basically pass on that knowledge and you just hoped that they were good there was no formal anything through it and it was like just scenario based on whatever projects you happen to to get on which thinking back to like career pieces for a lot of you guys is this is like small firm versus big firm stuff you need to be in a a, probably a mid-sized firm to start a firm that does big enough projects to where you can learn some of these nuances on big projects. Because being in a small firm, you're going to be on everything, but you're not going to have big enough projects to really learn the skills you need.
1: And then if you're in a big
0: firm big firm early in your career, excuse me, um, you're probably not going to get the responsibilities that you need to gain the skills that you want. Um, so that's kind of a skill and foundational level for earlier in your career. And it just so happened that I was in the right companies at the right time with the right skill sets, to be exposed to these things. Like in the small company I worked for, we were super specialized, uh, and like I had the knowledge and the degree to go and do a lot of things that, you know, most people wouldn't have had the opportunity to go and do. Um, so I got to go in factories, I got to lead projects. I got to do all that kind of stuff. I got to do a ton of engineering and to do that really early in my career was super beneficial to where the next firm that I went to, because I had all this experience, you know, I've, i moved up a couple of <laughs> rungs in the ladder. Uh, but all that to be said, when you look at these foundational things, one, it can't be hoping and praying, like you cannot hope and pray that, you know, the next, person that you bring in is going to absorb whatever like you've got to be more intentional about how you learn and how you educate and this has been a thing that i've tried to hammer on in the firms that i worked in and passing on this knowledge and to do it in a way that uh made sense right like all your old guys frankly they want to tell stories and i i mean i've hammered on this for years i've talked about it here too but like they want to tell stories so if you can have a story hour with, you know, Bob, <laughs> like that is the best way that you're going to be able to transfer more knowledge faster uh, by doing like story hours, then you record it. And then you have that as training content. So like the next person that comes in and Bob's not telling the same story over and over, even though he's probably going to do it anyway. Like there's those things where from a, just a knowledge standpoint, and, and we'll get into systems, but from a knowledge transfer standpoint of like, just like your superintendent's telling stories of like a crane flying blind, like that is a, a neat story. And then you can go into the details of like, this is how we communicate it. This is how we talk to tower crane operators. This is, you know, like all the other detailed pieces in there of telling that story. And again, most people might never run into that, but if they ever do, they're prepared for it. So a lot of this is super foundational stuff and to, to get your, your senior people to tell stories, record it, do it as an event, you know, serve some drinks or whatever, like get people to show up mainly, you know, have pizza, do it as a lunch and learn and get your senior people to tell a story about a project and you probably got to pull it out of them. But this is a really, frankly, easy way. uh, And something I've been pushing for a long time. Cause they're not the, at the end of the day, what most firms wanted was, you know, Hey, principal, sit down and please write a 10 page report on, you know, uh, fenestrations or, you know, on sizing equipment or X, Y, Z. They're never going to do it like period. They're never going to write that report. They're not going to sit down and write, but they will sit down and tell a story for an hour. Cause that's easy. So that's like the easiest way to do knowledge capture. Now on the other side of that for systems. And we were talking about this before we started is so uh, these systems, these foundational pieces for your, your business, they're going to take some time, but it's going to be so much. The power that you're going to gain from putting these systems together is it far outweighs anything else you're going to do. And yes, it's going to take time. It's going to take, ton of energy it's going to take way longer than you think but like <clears throat> for me and my software like we i'm just releasing a product and it took me far less time to do a new product now because i learned the skill of software right and i've learned some skills of copywriting i've learned some skills of video editing i've learned some skills of speaking and doing this podcast like i've learned a lot of skills along the way <clears throat> to where and putting them together Now it it doesn't take as much time because, you know, we built some foundational pieces to then connect it all. But each individual piece of that puzzle for like my stack and software, like it took years to figure out software, you know, it took another, like just my licensing took, you know, six months to figure out and put together. It took me another, you know, now this time and, and doing a connection, like it took me, you know, three days. Right. Like, to to automate some fulfillment side of it. But so in creating systems, you know, and, and look at your company from like foundational levels is like what do you need in each process? So the big ones and the simple ones for us is like meeting agendas, <laughs> meeting minutes. Like how do you do those things? Right. And like that is a skill and a <clears throat> way of being organized. Like organization is a skill. Um, <clears throat> you go down the list of Design like this is how we design things. These are our criteria. This is our standard. Nobody has them, so you are not alone. Like nobody knows. It's just you know. This is the way that this engineer designs some stuff. We don't have a company standard. Do whatever you want. The engineer in charge, architect in charge, that's stamping it. We do it their way, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Like it's have at it. You know. So they're have some standards like don't be afraid to put things in place of this is how we design stuff this is the company standard this is how we do things you know and that can be for a lot of stuff right like this is you know not only how we run meetings but like how this is how we set job site trailers this is where we put them this is how we do uh, schedules you know this is how we build estimates this is how we Walk a job site. This is, you know, and how we do inspections. This is how we do walkthroughs. This is, you know, and you got a checklist for everything that you do, so that again, it's it's very detailed and and done out. And nothing is above having a checklist. Well, you might think like setting a job site. Let's just take that setting a job site trailer. You might think, well, well, shit, everyone knows how to do that. Well,
1: do they? They do not, man. <laughs> and you're you're hitting it right on the head when last week when I was down, down in, in Raleigh, it's the simple shit, right? Our, our issue, one of them last week, stemmed from naming convention of files, right? How do you name files and where do you put them on our server? In my mind, like, well, sh- shit, that's just common sense. It's easy. You follow, the, follow what I've done and, and do it the same way and don't screw it up. Well, what happened was somebody couldn't find something that they needed immediately. I'm on an airplane, you know, or doing whatever I was doing and I'm not readily available. So, you know, all hell starts breaking loose. And it's, it's something as simple as that. Like, okay, this is how we're going to name files. It's in, and and there is no latitude there either. And that's what I think, you know, I've known this for a long time. I've just never put the, the procedures in place. I've never taken the time to write it down and put it in front of my people and say like, there is no more discussion on this. This isn't a a community event right this isn't a democracy this is how we name files and these files go in these spots period if you don't like it tough shit and that's what i've spent a good chunk of my morning today starting to do it's starting to actually you know write these checklists out get them documented so that i can at least start the process um and i've had lots of conversations like i said i, I talked with um some, some mutual friends of ours even last year about how to do this and like how to start setting up systems and, and documenting. And it's great conversation, right? But it's it's like with anything else in in successful business, if you don't implement the stuff you're learning and you're talking about, you're just filling up headspace for no reason. And that's what I've been doing candidly. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I've, I've been having the conversations. I've been learning more about it. I've, I know what needs to be done, but I haven't done it. So as of today, that's, <laughs> that's changing because it's, it's the stupidest things, right? But it's that foundational level. And, and again, like tying that back, if, if your foundations are off, your whole building is off. And if it's the same in business, so I'm kind of going back to the start and writing all this stuff down and, and we're going to do this now while there's, you know, we were still not a huge company by any means. We're still pretty small and lean, but we're growing. And I've, I've learned that The more people you add on, the more different perspectives you have. And again, the way I lead my company is very open and and I want input and I want autonomy from my people, but there's certain things that, okay, that's done. We we tried that experiment. There is no more autonomy on how you name files and where you store them, period. We're gonna document it and that's how we're doing it. And next issue, let's go.
0: Well, and it's fine in the best way, right? (laughs) <laughs> but, and once you find the best way, you leave it be. Like in one of the companies that I worked for and we had <clears throat> absolutely the best file structure like that I've ever seen. Um, it was project number. Like this is how every single thing got set up. And there was like a file that admin pulled from to set up every project was <clears throat> so file numbers the or the project numbers, the main folder. So that's how we did everything. It wasn't by client, it was by project number, which got assigned sequentially every year. So it was year and then like 101. <laughs> like that is how we did. So it was like 2014 dot, you know, one, two, three, or whatever the project number was for the year. And it got assigned. And then once that got assigned for accounting, you know, which our timesheets got set up, then the file structure got set up. And then they uh, pulled and dragged the whole file structure. And it was named you know, every folder was one, two, three, four within it, mainly. So this is the other uh, trick is because then you can use hotkeys. So then in your file naming, because it's one, two, three, four to whatever, and however many's in each tree, then you can, you know, you basically type to the project number type, you know, three for your folder, like, you know, if electricals 3 or 4, then, you know, I could find it and then within that the file structure was always the same, so you knew where everything was within each file structure. Like this is where the revit models go, this is where calculations go, you know, and it's named calculations <laughs> like all those I mean it it sounds silly, but like the amount of time that that saved over, you know, however many projects we did, you know, to where everybody knew where everything was throughout the firm, right? Anybody could go and like pretty logically try to find a file that they were looking for because each one was set up uh, the same way. So in each folder was like, well, this is where the Revit models go for every discipline. Like that's how it worked out. But that was like the best file structure that I had ever seen.
1: You have to have something like that. You have to have standardization because if I get hit by a bus on the way into the office tomorrow, all of that that organization that I've built that I think is great and really works, it's gone. Right. And it, and now you're adding countless hours for someone else to try and dig through the pieces and and rebuild it from, from scratch. And it's, it's like a treasure hunt at that point. So it's just. Yeah.
0: The, the simple way to do some of this too for like file structure and anything digital, take screenshots, put it in a word doc, print it, you know, like that is the simplest way to build out some of these things. Um, And from a foundational level, like, again, it's going to take time. you got to think through everything that you're doing. Nothing is too mundane, you know. Um, uh, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. The Bruins head coach in the 70s, um, Woodson, uh, the most winning in, like, college uh, UCLA Bruins coach. Uh, He... And I'm like, it starts with a W. I'll think of it. Um, at every year, he started with tying shoes. That is what he started every single year off with. Because if a uh, shoelace comes untied on the court, like now you're not where you need to be because you're tying your shoes. Like it was that simple, that foundational. And he did it every single year
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense and it's (laughs) you know as as simple as it seems it's just you got to have structure with with which and you can work and it's the structure that that helps us keep keep online and, and keep building the way we need to yeah John Wooden that was a coach Wooden yeah there you go his book's
0: pretty good but yeah that's what he he started with every year so when you go through checklists like nothing is too small so and break it down to those simple pieces and thinking through like you know what do you do and like on each one right like how do you think through setting up a like job site trailer what goes in the job site trailer where do things go where does a table go where's the tv mount like there's you do, we do that in blueprints. Like it's the same thing. Like somebody had to pick where something went.
1: And you got to keep it easy. It's gotta be simple and easy to understand, simple to implement so that there's no room for error. You know, and that, that's kind of what, that's what we've been dealing with. We, um, another one of our issues that came up. So we have a, I implemented when I first came on board an unlimited time off policy, unlimited vacation time. And the reason, or the, the mindset is like, listen, we're all professionals. We all run really fast. We keep our foot on the gas. We're fighting a hundred to zero every day. We're all responsible enough to get the hell out of Dodge for a day, a week, whatever, however long you need uh, and make sure that when we leave, you know everything's handled in our absence. Well, that was that was issue number two that came up is we had we had a superintendent Off for for a couple of various days and a couple of various reasons. And I knew about it because he told me, but I'm not the gatekeeper of that sort of shit anymore. Like I'm not the admin staff. I'm not the guy who's going to handle that sort of thing. So I just kind of blew it off. Like, yes, I knew he was going to be gone. He told me, fine, great. Well, I'm in Raleigh (laughs) and we've got literal foundations going in on a project and we don't have a superintendent there. And I didn't learn this until uh, after I was back and I wasn't back in my, my office till Thursday. So now everything's fine. You know, again, this this, this plays on like our fail safes, our, our, the team-based approach at how we, we go about the market. You know, we've been working with our foundations contractor for shit, four, 30 plus years, maybe even more. So I know that if, if stuff started going haywire I would get a call no matter where I was at, and so would my business partner, and, and we'd, we'd work through it. But that's not the point. The, the point is, you know, what if? What if the worst happened? What if something bad happened? What if layout was off? What if somebody got hurt? Even something as simple as, what if our client showed up on site that day and wanted to talk to someone about what the hell was going on? And they're looking around, and there's this nice you know job trailer with our name all over it, and it's dark. <laughs> like, just, a litany of things that could happen and again we got really lucky you know nothing happened so we we live to see another day and we keep on fighting but it's just the simplest of things like in that case it's chain of command chain of communication who's supposed to handle that sort of information and you know that's a learn that's a, a learning curve that we all have in our organization that i'm not the guy anymore like i'm not I'm purposely dis- distancing myself from some of those, those activities and those routines because I have to, right? We're, we're growing, we're scaling. I have to be able to focus on different level activities. So when you call me and say, hey, Matt, I'm going to be gone next Tuesday for this, this and this, I'm going to say, sweet, and assume that you're then going to have that same conversation or send an email to the people that, that really need to know that. For me, it's just conversational, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling about it, but that, that was what happened. And we had the conversation this week about it in person, like, listen, this can never happen again. You're free to take time off. We all need time off, but you need to let this person know, and this person will let this person know. And then everything's covered and the system keeps on moving. You know, it's, one, it's, it's an old philosophy I've heard numerous times, but I just read it again in a book. Uh, we were talking about it before we came on. The book's called Anything You Want by a guy named Derek uh, Sivers. But the philosophy that you need to build your business so that it can run without you, period. That you can be detached from the business for a day, a month, a of, of friggin' year. And the business is going to keep growing and keep getting better and better. And when, by the time you come back, it's it's blown up. And it's it's a great thing. And you do that through systems and through structure and through, you know, empowering people to make their own decisions within the guidelines and the framework that you have set up through your systems.
0: I mean, we, we operate through systems and construction, you know, like most people know it intuitively, it's just not written down. And that's realistically where the like problems come in is Making sure that it's ordered properly, you spend some time thinking through it, that you're not missing steps. And obviously something's going to get missed, you know, but it's it's getting it out there, it's adjusting, it's improving, it's adding, you know, the little things to the list and making sure they get done and having, you know, and, and something simple for like, you know, superintendents, project engineers, like what are your daily checklists? You know, what are the things you need to do on a daily basis, no matter what? you know, walk the job site, (laughs) like it's, it's simple. And then this is that, here's another checklist for when you walk the job site, right? Like there's all sorts of things that are like, we would assume to be basic, but at the same time, like if a superintendent, you know, doesn't walk a job site for four days, that's probably a problem, right? Like there's small things I say small, but there's things like that, that, you know, have a cascading effect when not done. So don't take anything for granted, like put that list together, make it a checklist, print them out, you know, have a binder of days and stuff to where, you know, hey, the list got done today or no, it didn't. And like, and I would physically print them out uh, so that you, like, you know, you can go back to it. You have records. It's not just on your phone. Um, And there's some, you know, nice pleasure of being able to check things off a list. So like printing and physical copies, like as much as we love the digital age, like for somebody to have to like go and, and find the list and check it off.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's helpful. I think it's, it's super important the smaller you are, especially. Because, you know, in the, in the larger company I, I came from, there was nothing documented. There was no written down procedures or checklists, but the company was big enough that one person wasn't there for a week or two weeks, there's somebody else that has the answer that, that knows what is supposed to happen. Well, you know, flip that down to a company my size or smaller, or you know, a startup, you might not have those other people that know what's going on in, in your head or that know how things are supposed to be done. And that's when it's, it's mission critical that they can pull up their checklist, right? Uh, whether it's digital printed, however, it's got to be documented in some form or fashion. So that's, that's what the rest of my week looks like. If if anyone wants to come hang out and it's going to be a, a wild party, I'm going to be in my office, just making checklists until my hands are bleeding.
0: That's even a good point. So in, in big companies, like, and I would, I'd push back a little bit on that is that, yeah, there's people around to like help you, but we've all been on those projects with the big firm and you got some schmuck. He didn't know which way was up and, you know, floundered through it. But he got that because he's in a big company. The company won, not, you know, Joe Blow that got put on the job. And that goes for design as well as construction. Like, I've seen some, like, you know, somebody that happens to work at a big design firm. And it's like, do you know what you're doing uh, for this massive building? you know, like, and the same thing goes on the construction side. Like you get a superintendent that like, doesn't know how to run a meeting or deal with change orders. And it's like, do I have to teach you how to do your job? You know, as (laughs) like MEP guy, like on this thing, like, come on, man. But it's the whole point of, can you take anybody off the street and they run your checklist and it shouldn't matter. Like, cause really within a big company, right. You, every project's its own job, right? Every, it's its own company. It's its own PL for every project and we should treat them as such.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and by no means that I mean, like the big companies shouldn't have them. I just meant my, my experience <laughs> was we just didn't. So yeah, they, they don't, <laughs> you know, in my, in my world, like, yeah, this is easy. It's all common sense, but you know, <laughs> we keep beating a dead horse. You, you need to have them and You know, it's just, it's time that uh, for us, especially that that we're going to start working on it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll say this, it's, it's so important that it's worth talking about ad nauseum. Like it it really is guys, because you don't have them. I almost guarantee you that you don't have it. You don't have a process for handling emails for, you might have a process for handling change orders. It's not written down. You might have a process for POs it's not written down. You might have a process for like title blocks, but you know, it's Bob's process or Tina's process. It's not, you know, ABC, it's not ACME process, right? (laughs) It's not the company process. It's whatever PM that you're on or and there's for sure certain things in design with certain clients that they want certain things, but design shouldn't really change, you know, that you shouldn't change how you design things because it's company XYZ. Like you should still follow your design principles. Yeah, they might want this chair or that thing, but you know, so there's <clears throat> there's some nuance in it, but understand where like the actual nuance is and the client specific requests versus general
1: you know practice. Yeah, absolutely and and you know in in what we're doing, I want input from from my people and I want everyone to have some amount of buy-in to it to a degree so that you know they feel good about the way we're doing things and and I'm not blind enough to suggest that all of the ways I do things are the best because, for F's sake, I know that's not the truth, right? <laughs> it's not even close. But at the same hand, if no one else is going to pipe up and no one else is going to take part in this, then then my way is going to be it. So I want people to have buy-in so that we get the best, the best system, the best process down. But then after that, it's not a, you know, we can continually improve. If we find a new way to do something, we can bring it back and and, and revise things, but you know, we're going to set these, these systems up once and that's it until we formally agree to change it in the future. And, you know, it's, it's not, it can't be a fly by night thing. So whether it's a design side or construction side, there's going to be a a list of, of activities, a list of of structure that this is how we're going to, we're going to approach every single project from now on until we decide there's a better way. and, And as a group or as a, as a autocracy, you know, we, we handle that and change it. That's super important. So
0: most people would, you set your system and then you get input from whoever, right. And, or that you run it for a week and somebody doesn't like it and they happen. So this is where it really gets tricky. They happen to be a principal. They happen to be somebody who's been there for a while and throws a hissy fit about change you have them guaranteed like you have some dude who's got a fancy title been there a while that is gonna be all butthurt about whatever you're gonna do you have to hold the line and hold the standard of like this is what we agreed to you're not doing it like tough shit mr principal you know like this is what this is the way it is like just because it's your project that doesn't mean shit. Like you go talk to, you know, the CEO or someone else. And if they change it for the company, we will change it. But until then you're SOL. And that is going to be the hardest thing is to hold that line for, and hold it for a considerable amount of time. You know, it's not a week. It's not a month. It's three, six, nine months of holding that line, you know, or however many projects you go through, right? It's really more that that you need to go through 10, 100 projects, 50, pick a number. Hey, did this work on every single one? Or really by the 10th one, hey, this turns out to be pretty good because we got used to the process now and it works. And to not change too quick once you implement these things, you've got to like actually see them through and understand the first couple are going to be rough because not everyone is used to that process, but once they're used to it, then you actually see how it works. And that's going to be the toughest thing, especially depending on how big your project size is and how many you do of that phase of a project, right? Like project setup or, you know, file naming, that's one thing, but the other side of it, like in file structure or initial project setup, you might do four of those a year. Well, now you need two years to actually
1: see what this looks like. Totally. And that's two years of buy-in from your team. That's two years of commitment from from yourself and and your team um, to get that two years of of data. And you know, it, it's whatever. I mean. Owning and running a business isn't supposed to be easy. There's there's a lot of simple principles that are, are real easy to talk about. Implementation is not always that way, but there's just certain things like this that there's no other option.
0: Yeah, and I'll hammer it home here is it takes time and all this is foundational. Just like in porn foundations, it's some of the longest process <laughs> job but it's one of the most important. And then everything else after that becomes pretty quick. Um, and if those foundations aren't set well, if you don't have those systems and processes in place and they're rock solid, you know, you're gonna crumble at some point or you're gonna be running the same trap that you are of, you know, you're a 15 person shop and you will forever be that because you can't handle anymore. So, I mean, some of this is also lifestyle choices and what do you want your life to look like and be Um, And this goes for if you're a PM, if you're a principal, if you're a designer, if you're a superintendent, like it doesn't really matter um, where you are in that hierarchy. What does matter is can you hand it off to somebody and bring them in easily, help train them. And at the end of the day, that will make your life better because you're not having to worry about all these little parts and pieces that get left uh, out. And again, you're not alone. Most companies don't have a solid set of process or procedures down. They just really don't. So you're not alone, but that doesn't mean to stay where you are. It means to keep improving and and moving. Um, with that, Matt, any other final words?
1: Just on that same lines, you gotta, you gotta hold yourself accountable to it, but it's really helpful to find someone else also to, to hold you accountable. So, uh, fair warning, I'm going to use our show here as that, and and we'll check in from time to time. It's not going to be every week by any means, but you know, I I want you to hold me accountable because if nobody's watching and nobody's keeping score, then we as humans tend to get real lazy. And, And I think that that could be the key to getting it, finally getting it done is whether it's you or, or my wife or my business partner, whoever, my kids, I don't care. Somebody asking, Hey, did you get this done? Did you implement this? And then I got to answer to them. And it's human nature to want to say yes. Right. To want to be in the winning team. So that, that's my motivation anyways.
0: Good motivation. Yeah, man. All right, guys, this is uh, been a super tactical episode. We covered a lot of ground, go back, listen to it uh, more. So, you know, set this down and go do something, uh, make a list and do the list. It's Pretty simple uh, at the end of the day. So thank you all for listening. Th- and I know you got something out of this one. So please share the show, uh, send it to a coworker that needs to build some lists, <laughs> make some checklists and uh, get your principals, get your senior guys in front of the camera and do some uh, you know fireside chats or lunch and learns or whatever you want to call them, get people in and ha- help pass on the knowledge that we've learned and the skills that we've gained over our years of experience in the industry. So thank you guys so much for listening and until next time.